0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJ and PK, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. All right, the youths are having their availability in the mornings as they get ready for the season opener on November 7th against Arizona. The offensive line has been cited as one of the team's strengths, not that it's completely settled. We heard Kyle Winningham talk about that in one of his earlier availabilities. Nick Ford could play, well, pretty much anywhere, PK. He's a wild card.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, and he has moved around a little bit. He's a nice piece to have on your offensive line for sure, and he's a great talker, so we love him.
0: Yep, and he's seeing Pedro, so you got that going for you, which is nice. He did
1: go to Pedro High. He's a pirate.
0: <laughs> yeah, Here's Nick Ford, his availability with the media just a few minutes ago.
2: Nick, you obviously this offseason took uh, a leadership role in, in a lot of things, whether it be the football team or, or... – standing up with the Pac-12 voices and different things like that. What what do you feel like your role has been, and how do you think that's been able to help uh,
3: uh, the football team this year? Uh, i say it's been exactly that. Basically, um, just helping out any way uh, that's possible, whether it be on or off the field, um, all the way from being just a leadership within the offensive line room or offering myself to anybody who's on the team, as well as, uh, you know, just my brothers around the Pac-12 to make sure that they come out healthy from the season and, you know, we play with the least risk.
4: Next is uh, Trevor Allen, followed by Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey Nick, how are
3: you? Good. How are you? Doing good. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of, of what has been talked about is the O line and how deep and how strong it is. How are you guys looking in camp? And uh, and do do you like being at, at tackle, or, or do you want to be more as a guard? Um, the yeah, the O line, like you said, is there's there's a lot of depth to it. Um, everyone who could play, everyone who's in the. Whatever, ten d, fifteen d, twenty d. We're all capable of playing. Um, you look at guys like Jaren Combs, who just came in, and he's you know an excellent player, very strong, and everything. And same thing with Bambo and and um, Satao Lomea. and you know we have the familiar faces: me, Braden, Orlando, Semi. Um, it's it's really exciting. Um, and what was the second question? You've, you've
0: been playing tackle
3: from what, it, from what it it says on the depth chart. Oh. Do, you, do you like playing tackle or, or would you rather be playing guard? I like playing on the field. I like hitting people. So, I mean, it don't really matter where I'm at. Just as long as I go ahead and get to hit somebody. Um, I, I'm quick enough to be able to go outside and I'm strong enough to be able to go inside. So, wherever they want to put me, you know, feel bad for other guys.
4: Next is Josh Newman followed by Dirk Facer of the Deseret News.
5: Hey, good morning, Nick. How are you? morning good you I'm, I'm well thanks um just to follow up on what trevor said you know the level of versatility that you're bringing to the table just in terms of you know you can play tackle you can kick back inside how how difficult is it to have that level of versatility at this level of of college football
3: um i wouldn't say it's necessarily something i focus on as difficult um it's been something i focused on since i was young um being able to just play whatever the coach needs for the team. And I mean, that's really just the moral of that story. It's just knowing when you got to switch your footwork a certain way and being able to understand the playbook to the point to where, you know, what everyone's doing on every single play. So I mean, as long as you know what you're doing, when you're doing, you'll be all right. Next is Dirk Facer
4: followed by Steve Bartle of Ute Zone.
6: Morning, Nick. How are you? Good. You? Good. Thanks. Hey, let me ask you about the challenges of playing left tackle. Uh, the blind side talking about what a tough spot that is and how is losing Darren I mean the only lost really one big key contributor but how big of a void did he leave
3: um, he left a you know he left a big void but at the same time you know I'm, I'm able to replace that um, just just like a lot of people say this program uh, reloads we don't really restock so I mean you know Darren was just one bullet in the chamber ahead of me so you know next thing you know I'm up. I don't really see it as pressure. I mean um, it's just just me playing out there uh, if you if you start seeing it as pressure and you start getting in your head you know it's gonna it's gonna be wind up being bad for you um, so you know everyone's saying oh what about this pressure that pressure it really doesn't bother me. I'm just playing football. I understand that it's the blind side and everything but I mean you know that's just a psychological game but I know that my psychological and physical game is on par.
6: Hey, Nick, is that position – played all the positions, but is that position vastly different than other offensive line positions?
3: Uh, I'd say um, a little bit. Um, I mean, you got center, of course, snapping the ball. That's very different. Um, the guards – the guards are slightly different, not really. And then it really gets different when you get out to the edges, of that tackle um, a lot of footwork and fundamental changes and whatnot. Um, I would say the the biggest difference is uh, just the amount of people, you know, saying, oh, do you feel pressured or do you feel, you know, whatever it is just because you're that blindside guy. Um, So it's just a lot more notoriety to be on the left side. But I feel like it's the exact same playing style as I did on the right. So I should be able to perform the same way I did against UW and BYU and be all all right.
0: Hey, have a good day.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Steve Bartle, followed by Josh Furlong,
2: KSLSports.com. Good morning, Nick. My guy, Steve. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about your off season and and what you focused on, you know, through all those months um, away from the program. What was your what was your focus uh, to
3: improve and and what did you do to to get better this offseason? Um, so I've kind of focused. In two different ways of focus. One as an individual, and then I focus as well as like a teammate and a leader. Um, from you know a teammate and leader perspective, I made sure that all my guys you know were safe in the you know bad times and the you know pandemic that's happening around the world. You know calling people, making sure they're all right, their family's all right, If they need anything, you know just make myself available to them. Um, and then as an individual, um, I would say mainly just my hands and then just my knee bend. Um, There's a couple times last year I had gotten in trouble for that, just playing a little too high or having my hands outside. So I did a lot of, you know, hand IQ stuff and uh, I'm really flexible, but just working on moving wall down and stuff. So my pad level and hand work has improved a lot.
4: Next we'll go to Josh Furlong followed by Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune.
2: Nick, your group obviously brings back a, a ton of guys. There's a lot of depth there, a lot of experience. But what are you able to do as an offensive line, maybe more than other positions groups, to kind of uh, allow that communication and that that um, camaraderie to work, so that you can work together in the season? And how does that work also with with bringing in new quarterbacks
3: and trying to get that relationship? Um, I say bring back everyone. And the camaraderie and stuff is it's just fun. First off. Um, You know, everyone knows how to work with each other, and it's a really easy time. We know how to joke, we don't want to take things serious. So, you know, it takes a lot of um, fun into it. And also, you know, from an educational standpoint, you know, we can all help each other and trust each other. And uh, for the point of talking about quarterbacks, it's um, I'm sure it's a confidence booster for them, knowing that, uh, you know, they have an experienced offensive line in front of them. And, you know, sometimes in the huddle, you know, we got to say, like. So not even just the quarterbacks, but the receivers and everything, like lock in and you know really focus on certain things because the offensive line is taking upon themselves this year because we have the most experience to just make sure that you know we're running the show because the offensive line performed well last year and you know we're going to perform to the same standards this year and that you know we're going to make sure that our team is brought up to those standards.
0: Well, if he's spot on their PK, then I'm not so worried about who the running back is and all that because if the offensive line is dominating the line of scrimmage, I'm, I'm figuring either line running back would be good. Now, being very good or being great, some of that's going to be on the running back. But I would think that the running game would at least be good.
1: Well, the running game is always at least be good if that's your criteria and you're going bottom line there. I understand what you're saying. If you look back, I think at the last 15 seasons, they've had 11 times they've had a rusher go over for a thousand yards. So they've got a track record there. You know, obviously the the better running backs can get you seven, eight, nine, ten yards. And so that remains to be seen because we haven't seen it literally. But I expect the running game to at least be minimally effective. I would agree with you and has an opportunity to be. Uh, maybe exceptional might be too strong, but has an opportunity to be very effective.
0: All right, Kyle Whittingham, you want to take a break, Yach? You want to go right to it here. It's your call. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Kyle Woodingham on his youth. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
2: Nothing else matters fellas Every day we go to
0: work Football is back and the Zone
1: Sports Network Has you covered As the Cougars continue to bulldoze through their schedule And the Utes and Aggies get set For the start of their season You gotta go faster, faster Nobody
4: will
0: bring you better coverage of your team Than the Zone Sports Network This is your home of the best College football coverage in Utah Turn me up all day 97.5, 12.80 The Zone In the Zone Sports Network DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It is time right now to hear from Utah football coach Kyle Whittingham. Media availability happened in the mornings here as the Utes practice in the afternoons and get ready for their opener November 7th. They meet with the media in the morning, and Kyle Whittingham had this to say just a few minutes ago.
3: Oh, I just want to see if if you had a comment on you you, you had another guy enter the portal in uh, TJ Green.
7: Yeah, T.J. Uh, has been here, uh, I think this is his fourth season coming up. Uh, great teammate, uh, did everything we asked him while he was in this program, and and uh, he'll be getting his degree in December, which is the most important thing. And uh, then he's decided to, uh, once he gets his degree, uh, move on. And he's obviously not going to finish this you know, or begin the season, I guess, with us. And he's going to uh, look for uh, other places to play and, And so we wish him well, Um, wasn't uh, getting as many reps as he'd hoped. You know, we got those four guys ahead of him, uh, Jordan Wilmore and uh, Devin Brumfield, Ty Jordan, Makai Bernard, not necessarily in that order, but uh, all those guys were getting more reps than TJ and and, uh, just wanted an opportunity where he could be, uh, you know, have an opportunity to be uh, more of a, a factor. And so we wish him well. And I believe he's got two more years of eligibility and you know, with, the, with the freeze that's going on now. So, so he's a, a great kid. And again, very proud of him for, for uh, getting his degree. And uh, we wish him all the best. Josh Newman, followed by Chris Kimrani of The Athletic.
5: Kyle, oh, good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, just to follow that up on a personal level, look, you recruited TJ for a reason and he chose you guys for a reason. You know, you put a lot of time into him on a personal level. Is it, is it tough to see guys like that transfer out of your program, guys who did the right things like that?
7: Well, he's looking for a, an opportunity to maybe be able to have more playing time. So you can't really fault him. I mean, he's, he's, uh, not everything we've asked him, he's got his degree and, and are getting his degree in a month and a half. And so, uh, you know, wish wish he would stay. You know, he's, he's a great kid, but uh, that'd be a selfish uh, point of view because if he's gonna have a chance to play more somewhere else and be, uh, you know, realize his goals, then uh, I'm all for it. So it's it, it is bittersweet, but but a uh, guy that comes in and for nearly four years, three and a half years, does everything he's asked to do, uh, does you know, gets to take care of the academics. Uh, you know, he's, he's done his part. So we wish him well.
5: And just to follow that up real quick, as you see games going on across the country, you know, we are seeing some outbreaks in spots. Games are getting postponed. Games are getting canceled. As you get ready to start your own season, what can be learned from things that are going on around the country in terms of COVID and, uh, and safety?
7: Well, I guess we can learn there's a good chance that some of our games will get canceled and postponed as well. And, you know, the back 12 is, is cranking up, uh, what two weeks from Saturday? Uh, it would be tremendous. We can get all the games in that are scheduled. Not sure if that's realistic, but uh, you just got to do the best you can to uh, mitigate the, the virus and, and take every precaution. And we're doing that and just hope for the best. I mean, it's, a, it's an invisible virus, I mean, which you can't uh, completely be 100% safeguarded against it. I think we're doing a lot of good things trying to uh, stay healthy and, and so far so good. So we hope that continues. Chris Kamrani
4: followed, oh, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. followed by Dirk Facer of the Deseret News. Kyle, what does a 100% Britton Covey uh, add to this version of the 2020 Utah offense?
7: Oh, he adds a, a bunch, and not only to the offense, but to the uh, return game and special teams. His value there is uh, tremendous for us. And He was, in our opinion, the best return guy in the country his freshman year. least uh, punt return, and, and we think he's going to be just as good this year, if not better. And so that's a, that's a huge positive for us. And then, uh, from an offensive perspective, having him healthy and, and uh, his quickness and speed, as return, makes uh, him a, a, a very viable and valuable weapon for Coach Ludwig, and he's going to move around in a lot of different spots and get the ball a lot of different ways. And so he'll be a, a, a big part of what we're doing offensively.
4: Next, Dirk Facer, followed by Sammy Moore with the Daily Utah Chronicle.
6: Good morning, Kyle. How are you? Good, Dirk. Thanks. Good. Hey, um, Britt and Kevy, and players from the other Pac-12 South teams are doing a Zoom conference with the Pac-12 today. I wonder if you could just make a general statement about the division and the fact you've won it twice. I imagine Do you feel like you got a big red X on your back.
7: Well, you know we have uh, won it back to back, as you mentioned, and, and uh, this year we're, we're not picked to win it, so I'm not sure if we get the target on our back or, or whatever. But, but uh, we're, our goal is to is to try to do it again, and as I've said many times, try to win that Pac-12 championship game, which we've been uh, unable to do the last couple of years. But, but uh, I know Britt will do a great job representing us. The uh, Pac-12 South is, is going to be competitive. Uh, I guess SC has, has been chosen number one in the South to, uh, uh, to win it, so we'll see what happens. But, but uh, you know, we've of a lot of good young talent in the program, and, and we're trying to get them ready as fast as we can.
6: And Kyle, second question, I'm just going to ask you with the uh, um, season coming up and all that with the scrimmage on Saturday, do you pare things down from the first scrimmage of you reducing the number of guys that are going to get reps and maybe just talk about the difference between scrimmage one and scrimmage
7: two and what you want to accomplish? Thank uh, you. That, that will be the case. We'll have uh, fewer guys get reps. Every single guy got reps uh, the first scrimmage. Everybody that's in the program that's healthy and And able to do so, uh, got an opportunity to show what they can do. Uh, The scrimmage format will be very similar this week, a lot of situational work, uh, but there won't be an opportunity for every guy to get reps. We've scaled it down, as you said, and uh, focusing on the guys that are going to be on the travel squad, at least the projected uh, travel squad is still not completely solidified. We've got uh, some some battles going on. but uh, we needed to after, after watching the scrimmage in its entirety. There's a lot of good things, but painfully obvious that we've got a lot of work to do and uh, not a lot of time to get it done. Uh, yesterday, we had some good live work as well in, in the practice, which uh, was a step forward for us. And so we'll continue to uh, get those live reps. Live. It's, a, it's a stark contrast from last year's team. Last year's team, we did very few live reps, and, and we did not go live much at all during fall camp. This year's team needs hundreds of live reps, And so we're trying to get that uh, uh, accomplished and keep them healthy at the same time. It's a, it's a balancing act. But uh, we're going to need every every one of these next what is it, 16 days before we play 16, 17 days.
4: Sammy Mora followed by Josh Furlong, KSLSports.com.
2: Hi, Coach. So you've already addressed Britton Covey as the punt returner, but with the departure of Jalen Dixon, who has been taking those second team reps in the punt return game?
7: That's a combination of several people, Ty Jordan, Samson Kua, uh, Money Parks, uh, Clark Phillips. So we have four or five guys. There's another guy or two that's been uh, working back there. You can never have too many returners. We try to develop a whole stable of returners so we don't get caught shorthanded there. But uh, right now that decision has not been made. But those are the guys that, that uh, are battling for the number two and three uh, punt return uh, spots. And, and we'll see how that shakes out by the next couple of weeks. But uh, hopefully Britain stays healthy and we don't have to get to that point.
4: Josh Furlong, followed by Bill Riley,
2: ESPN 700. Oh, you've always put uh, a big emphasis on the education aspect of, of being a student-athlete, but this, this summer, the NCAA moved to um, make sure that the student-athletes had more of an opportunity to vote um, on November 3rd. And talk about that with like how, how your program is, is embracing that, especially maybe with some of the social change aspects that, that took place over the summer and, and why that's important.
7: Well, we're certainly encouraging every one of them to vote. and We're not going to be doing uh, anything on that day. It's going to be a day off for them. And I think that's uh, throughout the Pac-12 and maybe throughout the nation. I'm not sure exactly uh, how that's being handled. I know the Pac-12 is uh, mandating that uh, we don't do anything that day. And so is that right, Paul? I it? Yeah, okay, I've run it for once. And so uh, it's obviously very important, and we want our guys to uh, – to be active and be uh, have their voice and, and make an impact. And, and so we're, we've already done all the uh, registration stuff for voting. And, and uh, so we should be ready to roll, and hopefully they take advantage of it. We can't, we're not going to you know, put them in our car and drive them to the, to the polls or whatever, but they're, they're encouraged to vote, and I think most of them will. I think most of them will.
4: Our final two will come from Bill Riley and Chris Camrani.
0: Kyle, can you give us an update on the uh... – Place kicking battle between Jordan, Noise, and, and Jaden Redding, and did you see? You know, his his one guy jumped out in front. Do you feel confident about one or the other or both?
7: Well, it's a it's a battle skill, and uh, it was a, a four way battle initially earlier in, the, in fall camp. It's down to two guys. Um, Jordan, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but he has the stronger leg of the two. he's, he's got great trajectory, great range. Not as polished as Jaden. Uh, Jordan is more of a soccer background uh, came to us from over in london and very little in fact zero football experience and so it's all new to him it took him a while to get used to having shoulder pads and, and football pants on it was really bothering him for a while there in the helmet but he's uh, subsequently gotten used to that but uh, i would say jordan uh, more range higher trajectory a little stronger leg Jaden more polished uh, gets the ball off a little bit quicker uh, a little more accurate right now. And so that battle will continue, and that can continue all the way up until game day if, if needs be. And we've got to just make sure we get the right guy. And then once we think we got the right guy, we'll find out. We'll give him a couple opportunities, and if uh he gets it done, then and, and great. Uh, last year we had a, and Jaden wasn't our guy going into the season, but when we had a couple of kicks that uh, should have been made, Jaden uh, got his opportunity, and made the most of it, and ended up they can dart near 80% of his kicks, I believe, is like 10 out of 13, which is in the top third of the, uh, the Pac 12. So, Jaden's uh, success last year also helps him this year. That, that counts. You know, what you did last year counts because you've done it in game situations. Jordan Noise has never kicked in game situation. So, although the stadium will be empty, so it won't be like, like normal. But uh, those uh, short version still ongoing. And we hope to have it settled by uh, – well, we'll have it settled. We'll know who's going to kick on Saturday, uh, the 7th, at least by Friday the 6th. How about that? And a quick follow-up. What would you shoot at Pebble? What did I shoot at Pebble? I shot 87. I was proud of myself. Last year. You know. From the tips? No. The, the uh, next one up. Not the tips. But the next one up. So. We'll conclude
4: with Chris Camroni of The Athletic. Kyle, how did you guys find Jordan? I know in his bio online, he says he's related to Matt Gay. Um, so I, I assume that there's a connection there, but I know you guys have gone to Australia to find punters, but I think this might be the first time you guys have gone across the, the pond the other way to find a kicker.
7: Yeah, well, he, he kind of fell in our lap. Just as you say, he's he's uh, he's the uh, brother-in-law of Matt Gay. So that was the connection Matt was telling us about Jordan and uh giving us uh, the info and, and tell us he had a strong leg, and was really raw, and had potential, and, and so he uh, decided to come over and, and give it a go. And uh, he's uh, done very well so far. And he's he's got all the the uh, potential of, of you know, really a big time kicker, and even maybe an NFL kicker. He's got he's had a stronger leg than Matt had actually, and so. Uh, he's a guy got a lot of upside but again we've got some refining to do and some, some technique things that he's working on but uh, he has a, a big upside and we're hoping that uh, he can you know realize his potential and get to, get to the place we think he can
4: get to Did he offer up you guys some some film to look at Kyle just as a quick follow-up or did, did you just have to take Matt's wor- wor- just, word on it He just walked on
7: He just walked on and Gave it a go. We did take Matt's word. That was really the, uh, the main reason and why we brought him in, because Matt vouched for him and kicked with him. And, and so, you know, Matt he's a he's a guy that knows knows the deal and it knows what a good kicker looks like. So we, we trust him.
0: Oh come on! We need a London recruiter, PK. Who gets the air, who gets the air miles?
1: Uh, probably the lowest man on the totem pole. <laughs> probably. <laughs>
0: You're in the air for too long. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your takeaways listening to uh, Kyle and before that, uh, Nick Ford as the Utes gear up for their opener on uh, on the seventh.
1: Well, Ford has a lot of confidence in himself and in the offensive line. As we discussed earlier, that's a good sign. I expect the running game to at least be sufficient. Uh, the level of greatness remains to be seen, but lower common denominator lowest barometer it should be efficient because they always are and until I see otherwise I'm not going to think differently uh, from Kyle you're talking about Britton Covey being fully healthy I saw somebody I don't know if it was Josh Newman of the Tribune somebody tweeted out that guy holiday which we didn't play uh, we didn't play say that uh, he feels that uh, Britton is as healthy as he's ever seen him and he's got that form back and he can be a difference maker he may not be a difference maker every game but he can be a difference maker in any game, and you need that. Obviously, the guy is so shifty, he is hard to bring down. His punt return ability is electric. And that can flip fields, put you in a much better position because certainly it's all understandable. The shorter the offense uh, has to go, the less it has to go, the better chance it has to put points on the board. And that's what it's about, is putting points on the board. So if you got that going for you, that could be a huge plus. I think they've obviously they've missed him. He hasn't been. He was very good as a freshman, went on the mission, and you know hasn't been the same since. And he's had pretty much what four years off if you want to think about it that way in terms of full-time duty so that would be awesome if, if he could be that type of person uh, what a weapon that he could provide so i'm excited for him and he's a great quote too he's a local kid you know we were talking who was it with dennis dodd and i asked him mm-hmm. yesterday about yeah. uh, kids with the, the licensing the image and all that stuff name image well, and
0: likeness nil
1: And he was talking about, I'll I'll never get that down, by the way. Uh, I'll have to rely on you to to get that down.
0: Uh, Think Northern Illinois.
1: We'll just <laughs> <Okay>. also think <laughs> right, this, NLI, National Letter of Intent. I know, that's where I get it confused. N-I-L. Yeah, I don't likeness.
0: think you should think that. I think that's bad advice, Yeah, that, That's the way i differentiate. That's oh, really? the way I
1: get it confused, okay. and I can never right. remember. I remember Northern Illinois. First. I retract
0: my suggestion. Name, image, and likeness, Northern Illinois. Okay, but your point yeah, is, yeah. he could cash in on it. A, he's got the personality. B, he's a local kid, so he already, in football circles, there was already name recognition because he was a quarterback at a, a high school powerhouse. Yeah, and, and and then he's and, electric. You can close your eyes right yeah. now and see that return against the punt return and smaller, against USC. Smaller,
1: so everybody roots for the smaller guy, yep. unless you're Jackson Barton, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, so and Dennis was talking about how well, it could be evenly distributed. You know, if you're at SC, you're not going to get more than what you get at uh, Wyoming. Say, use them as two. Really, extreme, extreme
0: I'm not examples. sure I see that. Well,
1: I, I agree with that, but just for the premise. But my point is, the stars are going to get what they get no matter where they go, really, when you think about it. The stars are going to be the stars. Well, not every kid who comes into the program who's local is a star, but he was most likely a star in high school. And so that's where the the lesser kid... King Zach Moss is going to get it, in a and a Julian Blackman, those, those guys. And Blackman had a ton of personality and was a great interview himself, and now doing very well in the NFL, to the surprise of no one. And Jalen Johnson wasn't as outgoing as Julian Blackman, but he was still a good interview. Those guys, they're you know they're probably going to get theirs, but the local kid who is a contributor who may not be a star can get that, and somebody like a Britton Cubby. Man, who wouldn't want him representing your business? And the way, the way it times out, I don't know if he'll be able to take advantage of it, but those local kids, they're the backbones of your program, man. They give your program a real identity, particularly if they got a philosophy. I mean, not a, a personality. I don't know why I said philosophy, but if they got a personality. You know, Zach Wilson is somebody we followed. Zach Wilson... As somebody that's guys that I trust, told me since he was a freshman, this kid's can be something. A freshman in high school, not college. Freshman in high school said this kid could be something, and we follow him. Somehow it's more fun, and I think that they can cash in on that. That's why I think this is a boon to BYU, Utah, and even Utah State to get these kids, and, and maybe they can start getting better kids to stay home, because I think that can make a difference.
0: Well, I think when you talk name, image, and likeness, you know, there's a lot of layers to that and there's a lot of bureaucracy and I am not up to speed, so there may be stuff I'm not aware of. That wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think the the point that you're making that Dennis Dodds was making when he was on with us is, you know, for some of the stuff like say uh, you know, bringing back the NCAA video game, right? That money could be split evenly. You know, every school gets so much and every player. And that could be well, split Well, that's evenly. the only way
5: you're ever going to get that game back is right. to have a licensing agreement. So
0: you have a licensing agreement. That money is split evenly. But then there's still, I would think, going to be local opportunities. They're very much going to vary from Laramie to Los Angeles and from, you know, nose tackles to quarterbacks, right? Uh, some positions, the offensive line is probably about as anonymous as it gets. Um, but if you're Nick Ford and a talker, you know, there might be something out there for you. You never know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're local, yeah. I think it's an it's anonymous maybe to the casual, but I don't think it's anonymous to the hardcore because right. it's vitally important. All right. Well, there are the
0: Utes, and they talk uh, three times a week. We tend to have them Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays here, and we gotta have another week of it leading up the the scrimmage coming up. It'll be interesting to see how much sorting out really gets done, and then. I think, you know, there'll be some clues and you'll hear some stuff, but Kyle's going to announce nothing. He made that pretty clear in his Monday avail- availability. Uh, why let them know anything? Keep them To whatever degree it keeps them off beat, whether it's 1% of the equation or 20% or 80%. I think
1: it's 0%. <laughs> I know, but I, Kyle's I, I convinced it's at
0: least 1%.
1: It. It's in his mind.
0: And so he wants that 1% edge or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, he's a coach. Yeah. Uh, I, I get it. He's he's scratching and cloned. The, the reality is they should kick the crap out of Arizona if we announce the starting quarterback today. I,
0: I mean, do I think, think he's a little care. nervous about the secondary because that can be a big equalizer and give a team a lot of momentum. You blow some coverages in the secondary, uh, you give up some cheap sh- points.
1: Oh, I agree, but I don't think anybody's worried about uh, naming starters in the secondary. It's not going to mean anything to yeah. Sumlin. You're going right. to start who you start. It's about the quarterback, basically.
0: Yes, that's the big one.
1: And the running back, it, it may be a, a situation that is uh, th- the starter of this game may not be the starter of the next game. That's that's a see-as-we-go type of thing. I think all eyes are on the quarterback. You're going to run your offense no matter who they start at the Yeah, there's the a secondary. lot
0: of that. There's a lot of that going on. I think because they had limited to no spring ball, depending on the school, uh, and then, because it's been so chaotic here in the fall, and depending on where you are, there've been real limitations on what you can do. And in the case of Stanford, whether your kids are even on campus or not, and at Stanford they weren't. Um, I think there is a lot of coaches obsessing about: Are we going to be doing what we're supposed to be do? And as far as worrying about the opponent's strengths and weaknesses, I think there's going to be a lot of the basics, like: Are we executing our own stuff? Is everybody on the same page? You know we call yeah. for a special unit, are we going to get all 11 guys on the field?
1: And Kyle said that, uh, he basically, uh, paraphrasing, he would be somewhat surprised if they everybody got in seven games. He's been
0: consistent with so, that. So
1: this, this season is so jacked up. And yeah. as long as you don't go 0-7, 1-6, and, 7, 1 and 6, I, I just don't know that it really matters this year.
0: <laughs> if you can say you're the Pac-10 champ, does it matter?
1: Well, 12, but yeah. Pac-12? Um, so it just doesn't... It, it, It doesn't matter as much this year. so And I'm glad the games are going to be there, and and they're going to be fun, and we're going to have fun with them no matter what. But I just don't know that you could put a ton of stock in all this stuff. Now, if your team wins it, you're going to put all the stock in a world.
0: There you go. (laughs) Now you're talking. I was waiting for that. (laughs) Whoever (laughs) wins the conference title game is like, yeah, we're the champs. They're not hanging an asterisk on it. And depending on what it looks like, you know, we may or may not want to put an asterisk on it. I don't. I don't think the Lakers are getting an asterisk for the NBA title. Yeah, but I don't think a the Dodgers situation. and Rays are.
1: Yeah, but I say, I say, to me, that's. I think to a degree it is. Really, baseball? Yeah. When you don't, we play basically a third of the games.
0: Yeah, they were the best teams. I mean, all you can say is over, they
1: were over sixty games. Right, over
0: another hundred games. Would there? You you can say well, they would have played another hundred games, and you know somebody could have gotten hurt, and Kershaw right. might not have been out there because he looked great last night, and maybe wouldn't have been out there because of an injury. But I think largely, it's not that fluky. The the best teams are there,
1: but college is a little more variable. Yeah,
0: but I don't th- I don't think we're hanging an asterisk on Clemson and Alabama right now, and we'll have to see about these other leagues when they start playing.
1: Well, I also think there's a difference between ten games and seven games.
0: Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.8 of the zone.
7: And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere.
3: Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott.
0: Craig Bullerjack. What do you think the Jazz offseason priorities would be?
3: Obviously Donovan
5: number
7: one and then Rudy number two and Jordan Clarkson 2A. I think you have to keep the bench solid with Jordan Clarkson as a centerpiece that comes off that bench and then the big discussion you know how many beans are going to be in the box. We don't know. And The Jazz actually with the situation of COVID no fans in the stands it's been difficult because of COVID so that brings me then to the next question is if you pay one player max then you have another player who is qualified for super max and that's where the discussion gets heavy it's going to be interesting to see how this all turns out
0: the big show weekdays from two to seven on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network dj pk it is time for your feedback all the stuff you've been saying about today's show you know pk uh early morning i'll at some point uh I will type out a list of uh, you know who the guests are and who's coming up, and David Nixon at eight, Riley Jensen at eight thirty, and yeah. Tom responds with first team all whacker.
6: <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: right there, man. Awesome.
0: Oh uh, man, a legend. Uh, we were talking with Riley, and uh, somehow we quickly transitioned from PBUs to PBJs. So I brought up, uh, well, it's peanut butter and jam, not peanut butter and jelly. You got to go with the jam, not the jelly, not the honey. It's all about the jam. And Riley said, I uh, want to know if it was creamy or chunky. And I said, Chunky. <laughs> and Clint immediately came back with, just give him a new name Chunky Donut. Chunky
1: D? That I, sounds like your rap name.
0: I like that as a rap name. I'm not big <laughs> on the thought of a pe- chunky peanut butter on a donut. Some things don't mix and match.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think he's been pushing you with the donuts. I don't know when the last I time you had a donut was. Yeah, it's been a while. I can go either way with the uh, creamy or chunky. I'm okay either way. Um, but I prefer grape jelly. I can go a little bit on strawberry with toast. But if I'm having peanut butter, I want strictly grape.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. He's a first-team all-whacker. Thank you.
1: That's just a classic. <laughs>
0: Uh, Robert saw the morning lineup and said, "That's a good show. At least until nine a.m. Then I have to go to work and do more important stuff. Go Cougars at BYU football. Of course, the Utes were after nine, and it was Cougars before nine. So."
1: Oh, I think it's cool that we're hearing daily updates. If you're a fan, but if you're a fan of the Utes, uh, why wouldn't you want to listen and get what Kyle has to say each day? There's, and you get it right here. You don't have to wait till later in the day.
0: Yeah, there's there's stuff in there. If you're if you're following it, he'll. He'll say stuff. Sometimes you have to be able to read between the lines a little bit. Uh, once again, this is the second transfer we've heard of, and I don't think he's been distraught at the prospect of getting a scholarship back either time. There are transfers that can hurt a program, but I don't think these are the ones. These are ones where you know there's other guys in front of them, and this is a chance for a player who, as he says, has done all the right things to go find somewhere they can play. Now, where is that? To what level? What do they have? Are they going to You know, go to BYU, go to Utah State, go to Weber State. If you're not from here, do you want to go home? Um, Or do you want to go somewhere else where there's some connection and you know you can play? You know, who's to say? Well,
1: this is your fourth year in the program and your fourth string. I mean, the writing's on the wall. Yep. Yep. Go play.
0: Uh, Max says BYU is not getting national attention because they are 5-0. and They're getting attention because they're very good. This is the most talented roster and best coached BYU team since 2009. This BYU team would still be ranked with the original schedule.
1: The questions to debate.
0: Yes. How good would all those other teams have been? Would they have been running up against uh, – that was that whole prospect was brought up. Hey, Minnesota, David Nixon was talking about that. Minnesota looked like either a middle of the Big Ten or maybe even a bottom of the Big Ten team. Uh, but when they were scheduled, but that's not what they are now. Now they're coming off a year where they were in the top third of the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, and I think they return a lot of their talent. Uh, my thought is with BYU's schedule – they could beat anybody on the schedule they probably wouldn't beat everybody right but they could beat with this year's team and this year's offense they could beat anybody
0: so now they wouldn't be uh in a in a quote unquote normal year what would they be 7 8 games deep now somewhere in there we'd be
1: uh, we would have been approached the halfway mark yeah
0: yeah So, would they have been uh, five and two? Would they have been six and one? You know, how would that have played out?
1: Have you ever heard of tomorrow, manana?
0: (laughs) Think about it, people. We'll get back to that tomorrow. (laughs) DJ and PK, we are out of here. Hands and Scout are up next. We'll see you.